Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought a podcast on a mission to equip you all with the latest evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, soon to be author of The Science of Nutrition out December the 30th, 2021, and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, we are going to be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field, so that together we can all learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with our trusted expert advice. The environmental health and ethical benefits of eating plant-based are beyond doubt, but all too many still feel a bit intimidated by the idea. So this week's Food for Thought sees Dr. Gemma Newman and I discuss where to start and all the advice that you need to make the transition without any issues. Hello, Gemma. Hi, Ree. How are you? Oh, I am very, very well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, Thank you for coming on the podcast as well. I think it's a big topic, plant-based nutrition at the moment, and perhaps we should go straight in today with the question that a lot of people probably ask you all the time, and that's about maybe meat alternatives. So they seem to be everywhere in the supermarkets, but I guess the ultimate question is, are they healthier? That's an excellent question. (laughs) I'm glad you (laughs) asked me. Um, Yes, they are everywhere. And with good reason, I think, you know, there's a lot of environmental research now to show that the way that um, the animal agriculture industry works is causing a lot of harm to the environment so a lot of companies are now cottoning onto this and providing options for people who enjoy you know their burgers and their sausages um, and they want them to taste as meaty as possible so I think overall it's a great thing and you know when we ask a question about whether something's healthy I think it's really important to take a step back and just think well healthier than what Um, because 
as we know, you know, class uh, sort of processed meats are a class one carcinogen according to the World Health Organization. Um, and so if you're consuming quite a lot of those, then I would say that the plant based meat alternatives are ostensibly healthier than that because mm. they don't contain the same carcinogenic compounds. But if you're somebody that has a lot of whole foods, a lot of um, fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes, then, you know, if you're having maybe something like a mushroom burger or a bean burger, then that's probably yeah. potentially going to be a healthier option. So it, I think it's more about sort of deciding you know where you're at right now and where you want to be and if you enjoy the taste of meat and mm. you want to try an alternative then it's a lovely option i couldn't agree more and i think there really is um an argument as well for educating people to know what to look for as well in the meat alternatives i think because some of them perhaps aren't high in protein and might be a bit higher in salt and if they're replacing their main protein source with a plant-based alternative they need to check um what the key nutrition is but Absolutely. I mean, I was just going to say, I think the because there's um, there's some of them, there's a couple of the plant based alternatives that are higher in salt, mm. but they are also lower in saturated fat. Yes. Um, and so that's an interesting marker for cardiovascular disease. It's important to think about. So I think it's about sort of understanding what's in the ingredients mm. and and sort of making a decision based on what you like to eat as well. Yeah. Oh, gosh, the enjoyment of food is one of the key key components as well and if people are making a big lifestyle change of course it's important to to understand um that that needs to be enjoyable as well i think it's also now 100 percent proven isn't it that you can perform optimally on a plant-based diet so perhaps let's just touch on what plant-based actually means and um how it is proven that it is great for us yeah absolutely i mean Plant-based nutrition essentially means relying mostly on plants and it's not quite the same thing as veganism, um, although people often use those terms interchangeably. Mm. So, um, you know, veganism is a way of life which aims to minimise harm to animals and therefore also minimises use of animal products as much as is feasibly uh, possible. Uh, and so that would just be not only what you're eating, but also the things that you choose to wear or use, uh, certain cosmetic products, cleaning products and so on. Um, and you would be excluding meat and dairy and eggs. Um, and most vegans would also exclude honey. Whereas if you're eating a plant based diet, what you're saying is that you're having most of your foods from plants. Mm. And um, that can actually fit into a number of different eating patterns, although when people talk about a whole foods plant-based diet, um, then they tend to be talking about a diet that is based primarily around fruits, vegetables, whole grains and legumes. And it also tends to exclude animal products, especially when you look at the literature, if people talk about a whole foods plant-based diet. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, the literature is fascinating. You touched on heart health. So let's i guess start by discussing literature around heart health or what we know about the consumption of plants and how it can contribute to cardiovascular health oh absolutely i mean plants are fantastic for cardiovascular health uh, they give loads of micronutrients antioxidants vitamins minerals uh, fiber we know that fiber is very heart healthy um, and you know they're also devoid of pro-inflammatory molecules such as new 5gc and heme iron um, and so there's a number of sort of positives they've got you know a lot of um, 
they kind of have the full protein package because they also have the fiber with them as well, um, which is great. And they don't contain saturated fat um, for the most part. Obviously, there are a few sources of saturated fat in the plant kingdom, but primarily uh, they contain um, more of the omega fats, um, PUFAs and MUFAs, polyunsaturated mm. and monounsaturated fats. And so, yeah, they, they just provide a really lovely base from which to really enjoy um, a very rich and diverse diet. And as you've pointed out, you can really thrive on plants um, you know, if you have a well-planned plant-based diet. Many athletes are doing that now as well. Yeah. I think, you know, you touched on that Um We've got people like Lewis Hamilton and Serena Williams. Um, we've got other tennis players. I can't remember the name of him now. What's the uh, what's the world champion? Novak uh, Djokovic. Yeah, Novak Djokovic, yeah. yes. Some footballers um, that we work with in the clinic, they're vegans, plant-based eaters. So it, it is popular now and it, it does work. Yeah, I mean, in fact, it's one of the main reasons I actually discovered some of the scientific benefits, actually, is because my husband was running the London Marathon and he was developing a lot of inflammation, a lot of pain. And he looked at his running technique, he looked at his footwear, he thought, what else can I look at? Maybe what I'm eating. And mm. he decided to look at these ultra runners because he thought, well, if, I, if I'm struggling to run a marathon, how do these guys run two, three, four marathons in one go? Yes. <laughs> and um, what he discovered was that you know, he was reading Rich Roll's book, Finding Ultra, Scott Jurek, who's arguably one of the most well-known ultra runners of all time. Um, Brendan Brazier's book, he wrote a book called Thrive. He helped... Um, Hugh Jackman get ripped to be Wolverine <laughs> so <laughs> my husband was like right well I'm going to do that and see how it goes and um, yeah it was amazing he was able to Im dramatically improve his running times and his recovery I think one of the main things in the scientific literature really that that helps people if they if they want to try it is is the ability to recover more quickly in between training sessions which um, a lot of people say anecdotally as well yes yeah, it is definitely an area that needs looking at. And it makes perfect sense to me that um, that the literature is there because we know the benefits of fibre, of course, within the diet as well. And I, I think there are some links as well, which we should touch on before I go into the depths of fibre and antioxidants and things, of emotional well-being being supported with plant-based diets. Do you think there's yeah. a connection there? I really do. Um, and it's something, there is some science there, but th there's also just a, a lot of people, my patients have said to me, you know, I just feel, uh, I just feel generally happier and they couldn't quite put their finger on it. And, um, you know, when I looked at it, we know that um, Felicia Jacks has done some great research um, yes. using the Mediterranean diet. Um mm as a therapeutic tool to help people who were suffering from low mood. Um, there's an there's an interesting study, um, It's called. it was with an insurance company called Geico in the US and they offer their employees um, some plant-based meals, the options to eat plant-based meals in their work canteen and a few education sessions on why it might be beneficial. And interestingly, that was a randomized controlled trial. And again, it showed that 
the the people who were in the um, plant-based cohort not only did they experience um, improved biomarkers but actually they they reported that they had better mood and there was also better productivity at work which is of course a really important outcome for most companies um, you know when you consider the, the role of sickness um, you know in terms mm. of their financial yeah. impact so yeah it's really interesting that there do seem to be some links there and um, you know, people say it's it's to do with the serotonin that's produced in the gut and I think that there may well be a link mm. there but also we, we should be aware that the serotonin that's produced in the gut which is our sort of happy hormone um, a lot of that can't make it past the blood-brain barrier so yeah. um, you know what what can get past the blood-brain barrier is 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 the amino acid tryptophan and so there's there's some good evidence to suggest that eating um, plant-based foods that are high in tryptophan will be a, a way of helping your brain to produce more serotonin, which may improve mood. And certainly we know that other microbial um, sort of components help us to regulate our neurotransmitters like dopamine mm. as well. So, yeah, I am sure that there is a link there, but we haven't quite pieced it all together just yet. I mean, I love the food and mood link and um, you've mentioned tryptophan and that actually needs a carbohydrate carrier. So yes, we need the carbs. This is why low carb diets are just not the one, in my opinion, or the answer, <laughs> because, you know, without the right quality carbohydrates, it's we know we need the serotonin production to get through the blood brain barrier. And it's so interesting. You mentioned, you know, a lot of things are produced in the gut. Um, you've touched on the serotonin. Um, obviously, we know vitamins and minerals are, synth um, are created in our gut area as well. Some of them are synthesized there. But if we look at antioxidants now, if we go into that, because I, I think everybody listening has probably heard of antioxidants. And in your book, um, you know, you discuss that these properties are really wonderful in vegan diets. So we're talking about vegan diets now, not just plant-based. So what exactly are antioxidants for everybody listening? Where do they come from? Yeah, it's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Because in the popular zeitgeist and people think, yeah, yeah, antioxidants are good. But mm. basically, if we just bring it down to sort of very basic level, we understand that every physiological process, every metabolic process requires energy. And in the process of just living, moving, thinking, being, we produce um free radicals which are sort of oxygen species that go around inside our cells and you can kind of imagine like uh, pin pinballs in a in a pinball machine they kind of bounce around and they are really fast and they can cause damage as they go and they are kind of soothed by um, electrons so um, things that donate electrons help those free radicals those oxygen species to uh, to calm down to stop bouncing around inside the cell and vegetables and fruits essentially are electron donators so they are they have that ability to um, help to neutralize the damage caused by these free radicals and thereby mm. reduce oxidative stress and and that's that's really the main mechanism by which they work but I think it's quite interesting to also go very sort of back to basics and think about nature in general. You know how calming it feels to be outside and you know maybe mm. walking on the grass with barefoot. Well, this is interesting. I mean, we we don't have much data around this. Maybe a couple of very small trials, but when you actually stand on the grass, potentially what the grass is doing or the, or the ground is actually that grounding process is, is donating electrons as well, um, which I think is really interesting as a way of perhaps also reducing oxidative stress, although there's less research around that. 
No, it's it's just another reason to eat our fruit and veg, I, I think, Gemma, and yeah. it's definitely um, a cause for concern. That I was thinking while you were speaking, and if we go back to the connection with well-being before, that the reason that this is getting a bit deep, but just bear with me. The reason I think society has kind of realised or woken up from this meat and two veg aspect is also because we live in a different time where we've got availability to food, we've got the access to the wide variety, um, we can import foods. We just, I think, we just live a complete different life to the restrictive meat and two veg, which obviously gave nutrition that people needed back in the day, but mm. it doesn't have to be that way anymore. And there's just a lot of misconceptions. I think the biggest is still that you can't get enough protein. And I mentioned it earlier, just purely because in my head I had jackfruit as an example of a meat alternative, which doesn't really provide much. But protein, you can get it on a plant-based diet, can't you? You don't need to worry, really. You can, really, definitely, yeah. <laughs> and you can go as deep as you like, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I think we do live in a very different world. And... The, interestingly, the amount of meat that we eat now, most of us, far exceeds what our grandparents used to eat, which people may find surprising, actually, because, you know, back in the day before industrialised farming processes, meat was expensive and it was it was. I guess as expensive as it should have been because it takes a lot of energy to mm. raise the animals and and then, you know, to be able to provide those for people to eat. It was a very special occasion to have um, a big roast dinner as a family. Um, and you know, even during the war with rationing, you know, a family of four would have maybe four eggs in a month, um, maybe a tiny bit of meat, and the rest of it would have to be, you know, sort of starchy vegetables yeah. and... Um, and so, yes, I think we, we do live in a time where many of us feel like we haven't necessarily eaten a proper meal unless it's got meat in it, um, which I think is potentially quite um, damaging when it comes to the way that, that our foods is, is processed. But mm. luckily, as you say, we've got a lot of alternatives now and we've got an awful lot of choice. Um, and sometimes our choice is limited by... Um, our budget and by our ability to cook and I think that's an important issue that, that you know we, we probably should touch on you know, not everybody has the same bandwidth um, or the same equipment or you know the same awareness about the kinds of foods they can they can choose but certainly whole foods are the cheapest foods on the planet yes you know, they are the, yes. the basis of like the vast majority of you know civilizations from India to China you know you've got those whole grains those fruits those vegetables that's that is the real bulk of what they've been eating for a very long time and you're absolutely right you can get plenty of protein on a plant-based diet in fact I like to think of it as the BLT that doesn't mean bacon lettuce tomato <laughs> you just have to remember beans lentils tofu they're great yeah. sources of protein yes. um, beans chickpeas obviously soybeans lentils tofu you know, there's so many. You think of the whole grains, quinoa, all the pulses, the legumes, all yeah. of it. They all contain protein. Brown rice, bread, cereals. You got the nuts and seeds. Uh, you know, because they are everywhere, aren't they? Just yeah. And to interject, I think a big question. If everyone listening now is thinking, okay, well, what about the supplements people are talking about? Because. Um, I mean, I'm a big advocate of if you are vegan, for instance, I do believe most people will be needing a supplement. But yes. what are your what's your opinion on supplementation? Uh, well, I have written a chapter in my book on supplementation. And I think one of the things that 
is important as a take-home message is that actually we all supplement and we all fortify without even realizing it mm. because many of the foods that we consume contain fortification for example most of the bread that you buy at the bread, supermarket yeah. will have various b vitamins fortified uh, when you have dairy it's fortified with iodine and so you know we do have a fortification process in many of the foods we consume and many of us choose to take supplements regardless of what we're eating it's very popular what for, for one reason or another many people will have taken supplements um but i would say you're absolutely right my opinion as well is that you know we if you're eating a fully plant-based diet then vitamin B12 supplement in particular is very important. Um, and we can go into the reasons for why. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of others that that may be important nutrients of, of interest. But I think also just looking at many dietary patterns, I think there are some key nutrients to consider. And it's not just plant-based patterns that would, that would require some thought in that sense. So, yeah. yes, I think B12 is an absolute must. Mm. Um, I think that... Um, Vitamin D is useful for, for, for most of us, actually. Uh, it's hard to get vitamin D through our diet anyway. Um, but on a plant-based diet, it's it's probably slightly harder because uh, you can't really get much through your diet. Maybe maybe some sunbathing mushrooms, for example, the, the brown mushrooms, they're quite good. But otherwise, we get it mostly through our skin, don't we? So mm. you know, when we're living in a northerly latitude and we're oh, not getting much sunlight. And then we wear um, sun cream. Like if you're pale like me, I put factor 50 on the minute the sun comes out. <laughs> Yeah, you know, slathering on the sun cream and the hats yeah. and the long clothes and, you know, uh, being indoors on the computers. Mm. Like, most of us have indoor jobs. There's hardly any of us that work outdoors. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be hard to get enough vitamin D for everyone. And, um, you know, same with B12. It's important for vegans to supplement. But actually, worldwide, um, you know, the most uh, B12 uh, deficiency is actually amongst meat eaters simply because there are more more meat eaters. But People over the age of 50, people on diabetes medications, people on reflux medications, uh, people with other conditions that will affect their absorption. And many people actually do require B12 supplementation. And so that's something to consider. If you're worried about it, you can always ask your doctor for a blood test just to be sure that you know, you're in the right sort of range. I would say always asking your doctor, I think, before taking a supplement because it's, wor it's worth knowing. And I think it depends how quickly you make a change to a, a plant-based lifestyle or a vegan lifestyle, um, how quickly the body can get used to processing and getting the most it needs from its food. There's, I mean, there's key nutrients discussed now, like iodine, which we we don't discuss enough and some people mention choline and I think it's just very confusing for everybody so go to that chapter in Gemma's book and um, I'm also writing a bit on this for the science of nutrition book which is out this December so make sure you're educated and that you read as much as you can I think to everyone listening on this now weight is another subject that I don't actually like the term Gemma and I know as a doctor you probably have to use a BMI scale quite a bit potentially um, I like to talk about weight in terms of body fat loss if we're talking about weight loss but a lot of people assume that if they switch to a plant-based lifestyle the weight's just going to fall off if if that's what they are looking for um do you see that a lot hold up 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Oh, it's such a good question. And... There's a lot of ways that I can answer that. I think, mm. so So to go back to what you said first, I do have to use BMI as part of one of this sort of uh, health screening measures that we have to uh, document. I don't think it's a particularly accurate measure. Um, and I personally, as a doctor, I do tend to try to avoid weight loss as the main aim when I when I talk about health with my patients because um, it's a it's a difficult topic and we mm. know that diets don't work uh, and you know it, it can also be a topic that that causes you know, a lot of distress because people who you know people who have who are carrying excess weight they they know that they are and it's not easy to just lose the weight and if it was I'm sure everybody would be you know whatever size that, <laughs> that they want to be um it takes uh, it, it's so many factors involved um but I mean it is true that when you eat a whole foods plant-rich diet you will be consuming a lot more fiber and therefore you know you may experience some increased satiety there are some studies to show that the more fiber rich foods you have um, the more satiety hormones you're producing and therefore overall the less calories you're likely to be consuming so you know on that basis there is a potential for weight loss but I would encourage people if they are going to embark upon a plant-based diet to really think about their motives and also their previous history with their relationship with food because um, you know if you're going at it just for weight loss purposes um, it may be that you end up in some difficulties with regard mm. to your relationship with what you're eating and how much you're enjoying it and you know what your aims are really because I find it fascinating actually you know the area and I know it's something that you've worked at in a lot really is is the is the area of sort of um eating disorders and disordered mm, eating because yeah. you know many people struggle with that and I would say everybody has a difficult or complicated relationship with food I would say 100% of the population has a 
has a relationship yeah Yeah, we all we we all have a relationship with food you know definitely and you know sometimes it can feel very enriching and exciting Mm. and nourishing and amazing but for other people it can feel like a constant preoccupation and a concern and a worry so you know, when I looked at the data on this, I found it really interesting. I actually um, spoke to an amazing research dietitian. She's a real hero of mine. She's called Brenda Davis. Mm. And she's done quite a lot of research into um, this topic. And, you know, what what she shared was that actually many vegans tend to have or at least report lower incidence of eating disorders. And actually it seems to be higher in semi-vegetarians um, and she was telling me that she thinks perhaps part of the reason for that is again to do with the the weight loss piece you know she feels that perhaps when mm. people decide to go vegan mainly it, it, in the past it certainly used to be perhaps for animal compassion or for environmental purposes or you know some other reason that wasn't around weight loss and so for them it, it didn't necessarily correlate that it would result in restriction in what they ate but for those who reported weight loss as being their primary goal and for those who had um, a feeling of anxiety around food prior to then potentially it could have exacerbated those things um, for those people so I think it's a really sensitive topic Um, and and I find it difficult when I hear about clinics who um, sort of avoid vegan eating patterns for certain clients uh, especially if they have ethical choices around their their veganism Um, but at the same time I understand that for some people restricting certain food groups from their diet is really damaging for them and so you know part of their journey towards healing would be very different Mm -hmm. so I think it's important just to take a really individualized approach actually. Uh, Thank you thank you so much for it's also very refreshing for a doctor like yourself to have these views and to understand how complicated and complex and individual everything is and interesting um interesting philosophy with with the dietary choices and relationships with food i mean there's so many factors that that can contribute but ultimately i think we're just in a bit of a pickle really um in the western world when it comes to um eating and what we do and then there's the position of privilege that people perhaps are in with education and access to food and the way they were brought up versus another person that doesn't have the same choices in life so Mm. I, I appreciate there is a hell of a lot to consider when we're discussing this but nutritionally speaking if we go back to the nutrition um you can also be an unhealthy vegan can't you and plant-based eater I mean it's I actually think it's quite easy to do now (laughs) It, it certainly is when you look at all the junk food options available and you know I don't think that's a bad thing because people people are going to want to eat what they want to eat and if we don't provide junk food options for people then you know less people will will make uh, plant-based choices which I think is potentially very important for us as a population moving forward so yes it exists but you're right you know it's it's actually quite easy now um perhaps more so than years gone by you know if you you had to sort of go to a, a health food shop and try and rummage around for the cacao powder whereas now you yeah. can get you know vegan Kit Kats and you know you've got Oreos and 
all sorts of like vegan specialty donuts and all of this. So yeah, <laughs> I do think it is something to be mindful of, you know, just as you'd say to anyone, you know, merely make make the sort of the main basis of your of your plate, you know, the fruits yeah. and the veggies and all the different colours and that variety and think about, okay, well, how many different colours have I got today? How many different varieties of fruits and veg? How many different types of whole grains have I had my Mm. Have I had my soy? Like maybe people would enjoy that. Um, have yeah. I had my beans, lentils, chickpeas? Like where are my legumes? Uh, legumes are an amazing food group. They are yeah. really fantastic. They are associated with reduced risk of diabetes, reduced risk of all-cause mortality. Heart disease, yeah. Exactly, heart disease. We've got to get our legumes in. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose that the big elephant in the room at the moment um, is what do we do with the future generations? Because we know that sustainability and it is the answer is for people to go plant-based there's no denying the research and I'm I'm always trying to mention that on this podcast that we just need to reduce animal consumption for people that are scared to do so but we can make a difference what about children that are raised um let's say because I I believe children raised plant-based it's you know totally possible what are your thoughts on babies and children being raised vegan I think is, is a big question yeah, and I, I understand that for a lot of people it can feel quite emotive um, and there has been a fair, mm. a fair amount of fear-mongering in the media and yeah. a lot of informa- sort of misinformation around it. Um, so, I mean, my feeling is, you know, the British Dietetic Association tells us that vegan diets and vegetarian diets well-planned are suitable for every single life stage. Um, it is important, I think, for parents to feel empowered that they have the right information. Um, we know that plant-based diets can be incredibly health-promoting. You know, the American Dietetic Association tells us that it's a way of reducing risk of certain diseases, lifestyle diseases like ischemic heart disease and diabetes and cancers, um, GI disorders. So uh, also, you know, there's a chance that having a plant-rich diet will also potentially reduce the risk of certain things like uh, asthma, eczema, allergies, hay fever, recurrent seasonal illnesses to a degree. So it is a very healthy choice if it's done well. I think you know, where parents start to worry is, you know, whether their child is eating enough. I think, you know, for children, often the the focus is on play and is on running around. You know, they won't necessarily want to sit down and, and um, you know, eat a big plate of food. So I think it's about being as flexible as you can around your child's needs and their individual um, circumstances. Certain children, you know, may struggle with new tastes and textures. Children mm. on the autistic spectrum, for example, yeah. um, you know, they may really struggle to to incorporate new tastes and, and new textures. So I think that's an important point to make. But ultimately, it is very, very possible for children to eat a fully plant-based diet. Mm. Um, I would say that it, that supplementation is as important as it is for adults. There's no, uh, you know, definitely would fortify uh, with things like B12, vitamin D. Amazingly, mm. now you can get a lot of plant milks that fortify uh, in yes, the same you way can. that you that you yeah. get with um, with dairy. Um, there are certain brands. Uh, growing up milks, for example, mm. after the age of breastfeeding and after the age of uh, formula feeding that you can use um, as dairy alternatives. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's definitely possible 
because you picked a key word there, it's emotive. And I have noticed from sharing on my second Instagram page, my repaid rather than retrition, a bit more about motherhood, that I think everybody definitely has an opinion or an interest in, well, quite rightly so, how children are raised. But I think there's an element of kindness needed and non-judgment and respect of others' dietary choices. But equally, the parent plays such a huge role here um, and the parent has to be educated and it is concerning I think if a parent doesn't have the knowledge that a child will need the supplementation or where to get it from um, mm-hmm. and you know knowing that the energy requirements a child needs is so much more than they probably realise so I, I think we need to do more in this country to educate and support parents new parents and especially around dietary choices but I could go on about that forever and I know how how much time we have so i'm going to get questions in from our listeners for you Gemma. oh okay yes um i'm just trying to pick out ones that we haven't already discussed because often i have a list and i'm like oh we discussed that actually already um right well before you actually let me just let me just help you out while you're while you're looking yes thank you go i thought i would actually say you know you've made such a great point around kids and i mentioned how they can sometimes run around and food isn't necessarily the number one priority i think what what I think is a really important point is that you know children you shouldn't be afraid to give your children um, healthy fats. I think um, a lot mm-hmm. of parents who are really into healthy foods or things like macrobiotic diets they try to feed those to their children and the children don't do well on that because their right. energy energy requirements are so much higher. So I think you know make sure that you're giving them a lovely broad mixture of the health containing foods, the fruits, the vegetables, the whole grains, the legumes, the supplementation, uh, but also you know don't be afraid of, of giving them you know, the fatty foods you know the, um, the avocados and the nuts and the seeds and um and the, the oils that you might need for cooking you know this is all really important and um i think as long as you're you know giving them those extra healthy fats as well as their fiber then they should be um they should do very well 100 percent more nut butter for these children yes. um within the right portions avocado you get it in um that's given me time thank you for my question and a very valid point to add there so thank you Gemma. and um, this is more of a gp type question that you might get um but Ali has said, my periods have been all over the place. Could this be down to my new vegan diet? Well, potentially it could. Um, I think what's interesting is that um, when people go on a plant-based diet, um, sometimes they don't actually realise that they may be consuming less energetically, if you like. So they may be sort of feeling like, oh, I've had enough food compared to what I used to, but they would be having potentially less calories. So it depends really on what she's eating. I can't comment specifically on on that. But what I can say is that if women are finding that their periods are irregular after changing their diet, it's worth going to see their doctor. Because first of all, it may be a coincidence and there may be another reason why their periods have become irregular, which is important to investigate. But secondly, it may be that they're actually not consuming enough calories for their energy requirements, which I think is important to try and break down. Um, When you have a plant-based diet, you shouldn't have irregular periods as a result of that your periods should be regular um, and that's very important for long-term health and for your bone health Um, plant-based diets could potentially improve things like period pains fibroids and endometriosis which Mm. i found really fascinating Mm. Um, there's some science around that um, and And is that down to the fiber consumption or general antioxidant 
It's it's a couple of reasons. Um, the fibre, as you've rightly pointed out, the fibre consumption is great because um, it allows you to be able to poop out any excess oestrogen that you're no longer requiring. Mm. Um, whereas if you have constipation, you tend to reabsorb some of these things that your body's been trying to um, evacuate because it's sort of yeah. there stuck in the colon. So that's one potential reason. Um, and another potential reason is um, the avoidance of um, sort of hormone disruptors uh, well not complete avoidance because I think it's almost impossible to do that in this day and age but um, in the US I think chicken is is a number one um, source of phthalates which are um, sort of hormone disruptors in the diet and mm. in Europe or in the UK I think it might be fish so when you're having a fully plant-based diet you're, you're essentially minimising your exposure to these phthalates which are potentially hormone disruptors and so that would also be potentially improving things like endometriosis and fibroids as a result of that yeah a hundred percent and it's fascinating it's just the way that diet diet has a huge i call it like it's a wheel and a cog you know it has a knock-on effect on so many other elements of, of the processes that the body is trying to do um, every second of the day absolutely um, oh and i've just i've just thought of another point actually yes. sorry Ray. um great P pcos you know yeah you're you're um the person that asked the question you know you may have pcos uh, polycystic ovaries which is one of the most common reasons for um irregular or less frequent periods and interestingly actually um plant-based diets could be beneficial for pcos because if you're having a healthy plant-rich diet what you're doing is you're potentially improving your insulin sensitivity and insulin resistance is linked to pcos just as it's linked to type 2 diabetes so again it it's it's likely that on the whole most women will find if they have pcos or if they have fibroids or if they have endometriosis a healthy plant-rich diet could be beneficial but if you're not eating enough for your energy needs that's where you might run into some trouble yeah, thank you, Gemma. To be honest, we've answered for the like so many of these questions that, that I pinpointed out here. I think the last one to mention before we move on to the next bit of the podcast is from Harry. Um, how can I get my partner to eat less meat? Um, she's convinced that it's all a bit of a, um, I can't say the, the word he said. So... <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't know how that made it on my list. I was just I love reading. it. I was like, oh You're trying to read it out and be diplomatic at the same time. I like that very much. And I was stumped completely, which is very <laughs> rare. So thank you, Harry. But let's answer the question. Yes, you got in a little bit of a pickle there. No. Yeah. Um, well, first up, you can't make her do anything. You no. cannot make her do anything. And I think that's an important point. And it's the same with my patients. I'm not going to be bossing people around and telling them what to do. People want to have to come to this themselves. Um, we've got to come at it with love, compassion and patience, even though it feels frustrating for you. I think um, you have to just lead by example. You know, if you're feeling mm. great, if you're cooking amazing food, if you're energetic, if you're, you know, if you've got a great you know, sense of purpose and meaning behind what you're doing, yeah. then she'll notice and she'll she'll want a little bit more of that. She'll want a piece of that for herself. And, um, yeah. you know, if she doesn't, she doesn't. But I think, you know, there's no forcing it on anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, right, well, we're going to move on to the fact or fiction round now, if you are ready. Oh. Okay, I'm ready. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> Don't be. You will be totally fine. I know you will. So here we go. Okay, um, okay. You'll probably lose weight by going plant-based. 
uh, fiction um, with a little bit of fact. Love it. <laughs> I think it depends what you're eating is the answer to that yes. one. If I'm allowed more than yes. A yes or no. Of course you are. Of course you are. Um, raw vegan is the healthiest diet. Uh, I'd say, ooh, I'd say no. Um, many people thrive on a raw vegan diet and I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm certainly not going to sort of suggest that their experience is wrong, but I think at the same time, it's it's important to look at the balance of all the things that you're eating. And for many people, especially if you've had any gut dysbiosis or digestive issues, then raw diets can be a little bit tricky. Yeah. Organic food has more nutrition. Uh, do I say true or false or yes or no? How does this well, work? False, false, fact or oh. fiction. No, fact or fiction. <laughs> but do you know what? I should know this. I've only done 12 seasons. Um, but <laughs> most most guests um, say a multitude of things and I just roll with it. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, fiction, I'll say then. Um, there's there's a lot of great... Um, Oh god, we could I could talk for ages about organic versus non organic. But but I suppose to keep it simple, I'd say fiction. Um I I myself do purchase some organic products and there are some potential um benefits, but also uh, many of the fruits and vegetables that we eat are not organic and many of the studies that we have for benefits to fruits and veggies are based on conventional produce. <laughs> well but very speedy, well done. Um soy foods like tofu and tempeh have the closest nutritional profile to animal protein. Uh, oh, I'd say fact, actually, you know, it's it's I think soy foods are really um, underrated. They have they're a complete source of um, amino acids, essential amino acids anyway. Um, and yeah, they're, they're a pretty decent uh, source of nutrition. Wonderful. More than two fruit portions a day is too much sugar. Uh, fiction. Fruit is amazing. Wonderful, <laughs> yeah. And, and please, if you're type 2 diabetic, you don't need to be afraid of fruit. Thank I think you. it's an important thing to say. Thank <laughs> fruit you. is very, very good for us, full of fiber and micronutrients. Yeah. Just written that in the book. I'm so glad you just said that. Um, honey is vegan. Uh, fiction. Um, most people who are vegan would probably shy away from honey because... Um, well, for a number of reasons, actually, I know it's uh, for those of us who haven't necessarily researched it, it might sound strange, but um, honey uh, potentially does. Um, how do I put this? Conventionally farmed honey can be problematic for the bee because they mm. would take the honey from the bee and then they give them sugar water, which is less nutrient dense for the bee. And mm. um, so, yeah, it takes one bee's whole lifetime to produce a teaspoon of honey and they produce oh. it to maintain the hive. So, you know, from... Um, I think it's great that, that people are more into beekeeping and uh, yeah. locally sourced honey um, from local beekeepers, I think, is, is a great thing to do. But at the same time, commercially produced honey um, is not yeah. great for the hives and um, for the bees. Oh, so sad. <laughs> so sad when you said that a lifetime. Right, I need to keep, yeah. keep focused. Um, Plant-based diets can be easily affordable. Absolutely fact. They can be much more affordable in some senses, as long as you know to have um, whole foods um, and, as I say, um, buy, in, buy in bulk uh, and, and cook it. You're going to be definitely looking to a financial winner. Brilliant. All plant-based milks are fortified. Uh, uh, fiction. Um, if you buy organic plant-based milks, they don't 
have fortification and you do have to look at the packet. There are many brands now that do fortify um, and I think that's fantastic. They should be. Um, and just look at the side, look for iodine as well. That's a great one to look for for fortification as well as your the, the calcium and, and things like that. Perfect. Plant-based eaters typically sleep better. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No. Probably fiction. Um, I think there's a lot of factors around sleep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think probably fiction for that one. Yeah. Vegans can get all nutrients from their diets without supplementation. I'd say fiction. It's really important to supplement with B12. And we talked about that. Um, B12 is made from microbes in the soil. And, you know, if you're eating a plant-based diet, you're not going to get those same microbes. And interestingly, even on a meat-based diet, um, when you're eating factory farmed meats, the animals actually had to be given B12 supplements for them to contain it in their muscle. So actually, in a sense, you're just cutting out the middle cow. There we go. Perfect fact or fiction round. Thank you oh. so much. Oh, the pressure, <laughs> <breathe>. the pressure. <laughs> did I get it right? You did I get everything you right? Did. You did. You know, I was, um, I've got an episode in this season um, of me being interviewed on it. And oh my goodness, it's like a little sweat patch underneath the bottom of my seat. So <laughs> you did really well. Thank you. Um, and it does unfortunately wrap up the episode. And I feel like Gemma and I could have spoken for a very long time on the subject actually and we'll close oh, yes. with our yeah forever um with our food for thoughts i think i'll start by saying that there shouldn't be any judgment um in this particular area and as health professionals i think Gemma and i just want to encourage a healthy lifestyle and for you to make a decision that makes you happy and keeps you healthy but being informed i think being informed is the key aspect to this discussion that you need to know the knowledge to be able to make the choice in the first place and the facts. And for instance, I think the fact about the honey and the bee, I think people didn't probably know that that squeezy plastic honey bottle potentially may not be the best thing in the world. Um, but also just a caveat that uh, privilege, your position in life, the where you came from, the education, your religion, lifestyle factors, there are lots of things to take into consideration when we're discussing plant-based diets, but the overwhelming evidence is that there's a lot of health benefits as well. Uh, that was a very quick roundup from me, but Gemma, if, if you could leave everybody with a take-home food for thought today, what would that be? Oh, well, you, you really summarised that so nicely, and I completely <laughs> agree with everything you said, but I think my overarching thought is... Uh, as you said, we have to come at this with love, compassion and patience and education. So, um, you know, when we understand a bit more about things like environmental science and if we're interested in that, then it's going to be really important to think about those food choices. But not everybody is in that position. And you know, we all come at this from very different perspectives based on our upbringing, where we live and all the experiences we've had so far. So absolutely come at these things with love and compassion and you can't go far wrong. Oh, Gemma, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed speaking with you today. Thank you. Where can I direct everybody to hear more about the wonderful work that you do? Oh, well, thank you. I really enjoyed it too. Um, so, yes, uh, you can look at my book, Plant Power Doctor. Uh, my website also has loads of free resources available on there, uh, plantpowerdoctor.com. Um, also, it's called gemmanewman.com. You can get there the same way. And on Instagram, I am plantpowerdoctor. Wonderful. Gemma, thank you so much for coming on Food for Thought. Thank you for having me. 
If you are enjoying Food for Thought, you are going to absolutely love our up and coming episodes. So if you don't already, make sure you're subscribed. That way you will be the first to hear it every Monday. It would also be brilliant if you have the time to leave a review. These reviews are so crucial to make sure that we can reach more people and of course reach those higher highs in the charts. For more information about My Retrition Clinic, the books, healthy recipes, and so much more, please visit retrition.com. You can follow me at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And of course, don't forget The Science of Nutrition, my latest book, will be out December the 30th, 2021. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 